Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, YouTube chat, anything but sedated on a Monday morning. They're fired up, taking shots, offering critique, criticism, and complaints. But that's fine. We don't care. Just keep listening. Keep watching. Consume the show however you consume it. Nick, Don, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Maybe you listen on 1210 AM. Maybe you listen on the free Odyssey app. Maybe you watch on YouTube. Maybe you download the podcast. All sorts of good stuff coming up, as always, in the 9 o'clock hour. 9.50, our Disney keyword. About 35 minutes out from part due of the cut sheet. Morning mystery movie clip in less than 20 minutes. Another great prize for you this morning, which uh, actually is a really good one because we will give you a four-pack of tickets to tour the Battleship New Jersey in Camden, New Jersey. That is up for grabs in just about 18 minutes this morning. Morning Mystery Movie Clip is uh, in the chamber, and if you've been paying attention to the show, this should be a pretty easy one to identify. Can I just say this, too, uh, as far as the Kalen Company uh, shirts? And, by the way, not just Kalen Company shirts, any any shirt that you want to get at the at the merch store. You are our marketing department. We have no marketing budget. There's zero marketing. There's not. There's never going to be a 1210 right. WPHD billboard. Right. There's never going to be a 1210 WPHD commercial yeah. uh, with Kale well, and Dawn well, and Zioli. We just acquired this new sports station that's been around for 40 years, so they have to <laughs> remind people that it's... Oh, wait. Uh, most people already know. Uh, <laughs> Got it. But... So you are our marketing department. So yes. by going to 1210WPHT.com... Yep. And clicking on the merch store link and purchasing merch from any show, mm-hmm. all shows, whatever whatever you want to do, and wearing it out places, you are, in fact, marketing our show for yeah. us. So it's super important. Yep. We don't ask you for a lot. I ask you for well, a lot. Well, you actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the hosts on this station right. don't ask you for a lot. Right. Uh, I take the bullets myself for that. <laughs> um, so all, all we're asking is that you, you buy some swag. And go out and uh, go into uh, public places with it. And people will be like, oh, Kale and Company, what's that? Yeah. Oh, 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 man, I love that shirt. Or, yes. or uh, Zioli, uh, yeah, I love that guy. You know what I mean? So you are our marketing department. Yep, no doubt about it. Thank you. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. And if you want to get in on social media, you can as well at 1210WPHT. Um, I. Speaking of free speech and the Kale and Company free speech lives here t-shirt, apparently uh, country singer Maren Morris despises free speech, so much so that she's willing to give up her uh, lucrative uh, country singing career because uh, there's too much conservative politics in in country music. So, you know, we get mad when we hear all this left-wing propaganda in our sports and our entertainment and our media, but as soon as a couple of country singers put out songs that lean right, Maren Morris wants to pack up and take her banjo and go home. That's fine. We'll get to that story. But I I do want to get to the the big story that, and I know, Dawn, you've highlighted this in the news as well as on your show, about the auto worker strike. And you've got this whole battle right now between Detroit car makers and the United Auto Workers Union, which kind of really reached its tipping point on Friday with targeted strikes in three different locations. And the strike has come as the traditional automakers are investing billions to develop electrical vehicles while still making most of their money from gasoline-driven cars. And the negotiations will determine the balance of power between the workers and management, possibly for years to come. The established car makers, General Motors, GM, 
Ford Motor, and uh, you have obviously you have Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, and what falls under that umbrella, uh, dealing with 13,000 UAW, uh, UAW workers that walked off the job at three plants in Ohio, Michigan, and Missouri on Friday. And here's one of the quotes that I think is interesting. Quote, the transition to EVs is dominating every bit of this discussion, said John Cassessa, senior managing editor at the investment firm Guggenheim Partners, who previously headed strategy for Ford Motor. Quote, it's unspoken, but really, it's all about positioning the union to have a central role in the new electric industry. So that's playing out, and we'll obviously keep you updated on that and what type of developments occur but on the front with EV cars, and, and we can have a conversation on just the whole EV industry as a whole in general in just a moment. But the Biden administration, as you know, they wanted to just take away everything you enjoy, everything that's powered a certain way, you know, for this whole green and clean electrics, you know, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. So energy secretary for the Biden administration learns a hard lesson about electric vehicles on a road trip after police were called on her staff. This is a great story. I actually wanted to get to this uh, last Thursday or Friday, but we didn't get to it. But Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm learned recently the inherent disadvantages of electric vehicles. Granholm set off on a multi-state road trip from Charlotte to Memphis uh, to promote the Biden administration's commitment to green energy and EVs. And over the weekend, this was actually the following week, uh, the past weekend, not two days ago, but the weekend before that, uh, NPR reporter Camilla Domondoski, who rode along with Granholm, revealed the moment that cops were called on Granholm's caravan of EVs. According to Domondoski, Granholm's advance team planned to recharge the EV at a fast charge station outside of Augusta, Georgia. But there was a problem. One of the station's four chargers was broken, and the other two were occupied. The solution, Granholm's team parked a gas-powered vehicle next to the operational chargers to reserve one for Granholm, but that did not go down well, Dominski explained, and the optics of the situation were the least of Granholm's problems. According to the report, in fact, a family that was boxed out on a sweltering hot day with a baby in the vehicle, was so upset they decided to get the authorities involved, and they called the police. The sheriff's office couldn't do anything. It's not illegal for a non-EV to claim a charging spot in Georgia, apparently. My guess would be, like, you pull into the EV spot, you don't need to charge it because you don't drive an EV, but you go in to get something from the store or whatever. Apparently, it's not against the law. But the energy department staff scrambled to smooth over the situation once police arrived, including sending other vehicles to slower chargers until both the frustrated family and the secretary had room to charge. The incident perfectly demonstrates the problems and the limitations with EVs, where Demonsky said they have a road trip problem. I, this couldn't happen to a better administration, to have this lady out there and then rolling in her vehicle in there and you know, taking up a spot. And this is where I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about electric vehicles and different, you know, elements and the Biden green energy and they're going to take your dishwasher and your your overhead fan and everything that we talked. I mean, Greg talked about his refrigerator, the old school one being so great and the new one just being weak and dying on him. It's like you want to tell me and this is just my general stance on all of the clean energy and the alternatives. 
two things. If it doesn't make my life any more difficult, okay. I'm I'm down with you. I I got it. And number two, if it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to do so, okay, I'm in. I'm not a climate change activist nut job like a lot of these left wingers are. But like at the end of the day, it's about convenience and affordability for me. That like that that's what I care about. I'm I'm not worried about the environment 240 years from now. When I'm in a in a casket being eaten alive by bugs, well, I'm, I'm dead, so I wouldn't be being eaten alive. But anyway, like this whole thing with the EV stuff, how many times is it that they they break down? Remember the grid story in California? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, until this thing is completely smoothed over and they've thought it through and they've got accessibility, affordability, and convenience for my life, like I just I love seeing this happen to this administration of all people. With the electric vehicle. And then, too, and you see some of these charging stations. Um, I've told you in the Bluebell Plymouth meeting area, there's a Walgreens that has like a, a charging station spot next to the handicap spot. So you're seeing these things that are emerging here and there. And then, of course, with vehicles specifically, I, I just saw this past weekend more EV car ads. You still see the hybrid ad where I think there was, I think it's Lexus that has one out now that for short trips, they use electric, but then the car is also gas from the stand. And I, I know the, the the basic word would be hybrid, but the for the longer trip, it's gas, which tells me all I need to know right there that you don't have faith in the electric for the long haul. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure where you guys are at with the EV stuff and you know the cars. I'm sure Piazza and others are certainly starting to roll some of those through. It, it's not it the. I mean, even what's his name, Buttigieg, Mayor Pete. said uh, Mayor Pete! that the he had trouble, you know, doing road trips and finding. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. so the technology, finding charging stations. So the technology isn't there yet with this, and I think to push it out as much as this administration seems to be doing mm-hmm. is just about it. I mean, that's basically that's what the this the strike is right. about. Is that they, you know, they're trying to push more EVs, and it's in in, uh, you know, it's 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 hurting the union jobs. Well, yeah, and I I just when I hear the forced, that's the thing, forced. Like I I don't mind alternative ideas or alternate whatever it might be, energy, you name that. But when it's forced on you, when it's shoved down your throat, and then oh by the way too, with you know the timeline. Where the Biden administration's goal is in the next 12 years, by the year 2035, to not be manufacturing any gas-powered vehicle. Now, it doesn't mean gas-powered vehicles are going to be off the road. I mean, let's think about it. You get a car in 2034, it's gas-powered, and you have it for 12 years. And maybe you're one of those people that keep a car forever. You put 225,000 miles on it. You're not leasing and flipping it out every three years or 48 months. You're going to be well into the 2040s still with a gas vehicle. And I'm always wondering like what the what the landscape of the climate will be. Not climate climate, but just the the media coverage, the narrative, the way things are presented. Like imagine that the year being twenty forty three. So I'll be um I'll be fifty nine years old and I'm driving a gas powered car. Are they gonna look at you like a deplorable? I got a feeling they will. <laughs> that would be my guess. Like you're gonna see one of these Gen Z people that are now like forty two years old looking at you like, oh you still put you still put gas in that thing? Uh, Roger 
Roger asks on the YouTube chat, does anybody know how the charging stations work as far as how you pay and how much you pay? Is, it's a great is it like question. a gas pump? That's a fabulous question. I have no idea. Truth be told, as many of the EV stations, the charging stations themselves that I have seen at a variety of retailers, I've never... <laughs> and look, it's a small sample size, right? It's one person's life. I've never seen anybody actually charging their vehicle. Yeah, really. That, but I, I've seen like when I've been in on seventy six stuck in traffic, I see a car like a a hybrid Honda or a Civic or an Accord EV. You see them the, right in front of you, but I've never seen anybody actually charge one. The place we go to up in the Poconos um, has they just put in last year, I think, all these EV charging stations. There's like there's literally eight spots. Oh, really? Like seven to eight spots of EV charge. You never see a single car in them. It's just a bunch of spots mm-hmm. that people like myself could be parking in, right. but instead have to park halfway down the yeah. lot because all of yep. those spots are empty. I, I, I think at most places that operate as a business, based on either the size of the lot or the amount of spaces available, there's some sort of ratio that you have to have for handicap spots. That would be my assumption. Uh, I don't know that to be fact. If the fact checkers are out there and they know how that works, let me know. But I'm wondering what the ratio will be and when that will become a thing where these companies all, like if a giant sets up in a new strip center or the next Walmart superstore opens or a Target, will there be some sort of governmental mandate that you must have at least four EV charging spots available? Uh, Daniel seems to have some info on the uh, how much it'll cost. Daniel, you want to speak up on this? It's the same way as a gas station. They have like an Apple Pay credit card reader on the charger that you just go and then it unlocks the charger. What, if you, what if you want to pay cash? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think they take cash. Cash might, well, society, some, here we some go. might take cash. I thought, Tesla specifically have. Uh, I thought it was free. The, the card readers. Charging is free. I always thought it was free. I would think that. I mean, that's. I didn't know that. Well, I would. I would say you have to absolutely pay for it. Free energy. You guys, I might actually get on board with that. Would Would you rather pay three ninety five <laughs> a gallon or free charge the electrical vehicle? I just never. There's the poll question. Uh, is it free, Daniel? No, I can't imagine. That, that. Yeah, I just didn't know, Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Unless it, unless you have a charger hooked up to your house, which you're still paying for electricity, right. frankly. But right. if you want to go to like a gas station or something like that, then you well, I think Opelka it. had that. Yeah, because Opelka he's, is an old. Uh, he's a recovering Tesla owner. Yeah, yeah, but he sold his Tesla. Well, yeah. What? So like, what does it cost, Daniel? Do you know like like the cost of gas, like three ninety nine or whatever? Oh no! It, uh, someone on the YouTube chat said sixteen cents per kilowatt hour. Okay, so Whatever we're going to yeah. have to get like a metrics conversion calculator chart out here. 16 kilowatts per hour, or 16 cents per kilowatt hour versus 3.95 per gallon. Uh, and then we're going to have to compare uh, gas tank size and miles per gallon compared to uh, whatever other metrics are used to measure uh, travel efficiency in the electric vehicle. So I'm seeing here that uh, for 200-mile range, a 54-kilowatt battery would cost 6 bucks. Okay, and for about a four hundred dollar or four hundred mile uh, in my truck, because when I when I fill my truck up, it, I get about four hundred and five miles, and I usually spend about yeah, and I usually spend about sixty eight bucks, because my truck's like a minivan according to some people, and I get I get nineteen uh, nineteen c- city and twenty two highway miles per gallon. And I'm, I'm spending about 68. I, I, I only fill my truck usually on the weekend. So I'm I'm getting about a week out of 65 to $70 worth of gas. That's right really now. good. Wait, That's yeah. really good. Even considering I'm paying three, nine, three ninety five a gallon. Yeah. But again, I'm not, I mean, I'm not taking my kids to dance. 
I'm not driving like Dawn to football practice. Right. I mean, short of going, you know, to a golf course, a grocery store, or to get more bourbon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the only time I drive is when I go to work. And and you're going to Delaware. Right. And, and not that you do that. And what's that car again? And where did you get it? Oh, that's a 2023 Honda Ridgeline Black Edition from the Piazza Auto Group. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. PiazzaAuto.com. I'm here for you. There you go. Um, Kathy writes on the YouTube chat, I just ordered a T-shirt and a mug. I'm looking forward to wearing my T-shirt when I'm out and about, including Wawa. Uh, I'll be drinking my black coffee in my mug. Nice. Thank you, Kathy. Beautiful. Uh, If you're watching right now on YouTube, the link is in... Uh, the link for the merch is in the YouTube chat. Uh, But if you're not on YouTube, if you're uh, one of the... Uh, many listening on the Odyssey app or on 1210WPHT.com. Just just go to 1210WPHT.com um, and uh, you can get the merch right yes. there. Yes, and you can also purchase hooded sweatshirts because we're getting to hooded sweatshirt season. Pretty yeah. soon, we're only pro- – I would guess at this rate we're no more than – Three weeks away from like hooded sweatshirt weather. Oh, am I gonna have to open up my? I'm gonna have to open up my coffers again and buy all you people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Definitely right. need a hoodie. Okay. It'll be that time of year. Dawn's boys need them. Like everybody need, needs yeah, the them. Boys yeah. are growing. Yeah. Will they? Will they wear them to school or like am I wasting them? No, they will. David wore. He wore his. Uh, Zio, he wore an old Zioli T-shirt. Okay. Did he really? Yeah. And the funny thing, the coaches and they the send boys, them, they, they send listen. them to the office. Yeah. Was he was he sent down to the guidance counselor's well, office? No, that's what I, that's to be quite selfish. That's kind of what I want. What? I want somebody to wear it to school. You know, maybe somebody's kid to wear it to school and then be sent home. Imagine the branding for any show on this station. If somebody buys their kid merch yeah. in the twelve ten merch store, mm-hmm. and they go into school, and some left wing teacher with pronouns up on their board gets triggered because they know that show's on that station. They get sent down to the office, and next thing you know, Philadelphia Inquirer or 6ABC or NBC10 are reporting how a kid who's wearing a free speech station shirt (laughs) got sent to the office. That is what I want. That is what I want. So if... If you don't want to wear it, have your kids wear it and have them wear it to school Yes. so we can see if they they get... Yeah. Sent home. Let your kid be a little edgy, right? Yes. Ruffle some feathers. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't go. Don't end up in a juvenile detention center and then escaping <laughs> and getting re-apprehended. But you know, you, you, you keep people on their toes a little. Robert bit. writes, uh, "This, Greg, this is just wrong. Agreed. Agreed. That's why. <laughs> that's why we want to do it. Exactly. We want to yeah, look and be great publicity for us. I'm just saying. That's right. Any show. I don't care which one. Yeah. Just, I know. Just wear any shirt. Right." Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. All right, coming up in about ten minutes, uh, woke country singer Marin Morris has had enough of conservatives, so she's done with her career. But right now, it is time for the morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. Graduate the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact <laughs> that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? I think I'm qualified. What I mean is, can so you be good. scary? Oh, oh, I know what you're asking me. Can I be scary? What do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? Excuse us, please. Sure. Talk amongst yourselves. Adam, let's go. I, mean, I, I know, Papa, honey, but I think he could be a serious no, no, later. No, no, let's meet something out of ourselves. We just have to talk. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Excuse me. What? Excuse me. We are leaving now. Oh, wait. Oh, come on. Don't go yet. Hey, guy, come on. Pour some potty go here. You think you know what it is? <la
call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. If you were listening at 645 this morning, it makes sense. Call or 12, 855-839-1210. If you can identify that movie clip, you get a four-pack of tickets to tour the Battleship New Jersey in Camden, New Jersey. For more information, visit BattleshipNewJersey.org. Call or 12, 855-839-1210. Kale and Company. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Still a lot to do this morning. Coming up in just about 23 minutes, we've got our keyword for you. You'll take that keyword to 1210WPHD.com and enter for your chance to win a trip to Disney for free. And uh, also, what's on the cut sheet part due. But right now, we've got our morning mystery movie clip winner on the line. Michelle is in or on the main line. And she's with us this morning. Uh, Michelle, good morning. How are you? What was the clip we just played for you? Beetlejuice. 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 Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, you have to say it three times. Three times. Three times. Beetle Bobert. Bobert Juice. Michelle, you are the winner. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. You are. And you're going to the Battleship New Jersey, a four-pack of passes. So congratulations, and uh, thank you for playing, and certainly thank you for listening. Okay, keep up the good work, guys. Love you. We'll try. Thank you very much, Michelle. She's very happy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of happy, uh, Irk 4088-6273, so Irk plus his social security number, uh, decided to tweet us. And he's uh, posted a picture of both uh, purchases. He just bought a Zioli Army shirt and a Kalen Company shirt. Oh, nice. Uh, so the Zioli one, if, unless I'm looking at this wrong, it's a, a powder blue is the new color? Uh, I'm not sure what it looks pretty good. I just retweet. I just retweeted it. Okay. Um, it looks like a powder blue, which is a nice touch. Nice. Goes well with the gray, actually. And he says, Irk uh, says, I got these two shirts for my birthday on Saturday. A big thank you to my mom and my brother Justin and his family for these phenomenal gifts. Even Trump called and said, "Quote: Those are some incredible looking shirts right there. <laughs> Record shirts. Look how happy he is, folks." End quote. Yeah. Uh, you know, we really ask you as the listener and the uh, and the consumer of what we do to be our marketing department. Somebody says, well, you guys had enough money to make these shirts. It's an outside company that's making this. It's not us. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> We're just partnering with yes. us. Justin writes, uh, wearing my new Kalen Company free speech lives here while enjoying the YouTube stream, which I have also liked. Nice. This is a Greg Stalker uh, shill trifecta. Oh, there you go. There it is. Yes. That pays all eight to one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, quickly, before we get to the, I got to play you the Aaron Rodgers audio yeah. in a second, but this story is also great. So Marin Morris, um, country uh, music singer, one of the big pop country singers, very successful, very popular, uh, Nashville, the whole bit. Uh, and the, the genre right now seems to be really on fire and very popular. Uh, but here's the latest with this. So try to contain your sadness, everybody. Marin Morris is leaving country music. Oh, no. The woke songstress has finally had enough of the oh-so-evil conservatives being and having a monopoly over the genre. She says, quote, the stories going on within country music right now, I've tried to avoid a lot of it at all costs. I feel very very distanced from it, Morris told the Los Angeles Times, which we know Los Angeles is the peak of country music. It's, it's consumed big time in L.A. Quote, I had to take a step back. The way I grew up was so wrapped in country music and the way I write songs is very lyrically structured in the Nashville way of doing things. 
but I think I needed to purposely focus on just making good music and not so much on how we'll market it. Um, she goes on to say, I think it's a last bastion. People are streaming these songs out of spite. It's not out of true joy or love of the music. It's to own the libs. And that's so, that's so not what music is intended for. Music is supposed to be the voice of the oppressed, the actual oppressed. And now it's being used as this really toxic weapon in culture wars. Yes, folks. Because Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town and Oliver Anthony's two hit singles have created such a divide in the country music community. I, you know, what I love about this the most is, you know, the left ones that give you their social and political views in sports, during the national anthem, in TV, in entertainment, in Hollywood. Well, you get a couple of conservative songs that come out and all of a sudden Mara Morse is like, you know what, the seven figures I make is nice, but it's a little too toxic for me. <laughs> I'm going to go home now. Bye-bye, uh, Marin. Wow. So there you go. That's that story. Maybe we share that with you. Uh, and then lastly, we played you, or we talked about um, the story last week with Keith Olbermann, deranged lunatic, formerly of MSNBC, now just sitting in a penthouse in New York, bored and quiet uh, and alone, tweeting into the abyss. And last Monday at this time, or actually last Tuesday at this time, uh, Aaron Rodgers was on Monday Night Football the night before, tore his Achilles on the yeah. fourth play of the game, out for the year. Keith Olbermann says, you know, well, it's because you weren't vaxxed. Aaron Rodgers, you're an anti-vaxxer. You deserve to have that happen to you. Well, Aaron Rodgers had surgery on Wednesday, and then on Friday, he was on ESPN, and ESPN recently hired and gave a lot of money to Pat McAfee. He's not political. I'm not sure that he's conservative, but he's got he believes in free speech and he's a megastar on YouTube. They're trying to revamp their network and bring in other people. So Aaron Rodgers has this relationship with Pat McAfee. So Pat McAfee was the first to get a post-surgery interview with Aaron Rodgers and he brought up Keith Olbermann. Take a listen. Hold on, there's another guy. What's it? Keith Olbermann said oh, that uh um, You love him though. Because you're not vaxxed, that's why it happened. Yep. Yeah, get your fifth booster, Keith. <laughs> anyway. Boom. <laughs> so you just know, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Rogers is like laying up in his apartment, and uh, they got the split screen with the guys doing the show with McAfee yeah. on on remote. Yeah, by the way, um, a little tip to Pat McAfee. Uh, wear some sunscreen, bro. I know. I mean, he was, he was yeah. the beat red. Yeah, and he's wearing like a tank top <laughs> oh on a TV God. show. Oh, my God. Which is like the total, it's it's supposed to be just this unscripted, you know. It's like, you know, it'd be like Bruno and I doing four hours. With, but I guarantee you could tell the awkwardness there where Rogers is like, yeah, hey, Keith, why don't you get your fifth booster and tell me how you're feeling? <laughs> and you know ESPN being left wing, you know those producers were like, oh, man, yeah. he really went there, didn't he? <laughs> uh, I hope my boss isn't going to call me and say, why didn't I dump that? Uh-huh. So thought we would play you that before we get to the cut sheet. So nice work out of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I'm sure Keith Olbermann will be angry about something later today. All right, 934 as we get to round two. It's what's on the cut sheet, part two. What's on the cut sheet? I do. What's on the cut sheet, part two, is sponsored by Malvern Retreat House. Visit Malvern Retreat House, the nation's largest Catholic retreat house located in Chester County. Malvern Retreat House hosts men's and women's retreats, couples retreats, spiritual direction, recovery retreats, and more. Retreat from the noise and hear God's voice at MalvernRetreat.com. That's MalvernRetreat.com. Uh, yes, let's talk about the strike, shall we? The UAW president, 
Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Sean Fain was on one of the Sunday shows over the weekend discussing this and discussed, you know, uh, a lot of these unions are, uh, uh, you know, at least the, I'm not saying the workers, but a lot of the companies themselves or the group itself are pro-Joe Biden. Uh, are you going to be endorsing Joe Biden? President Biden says he's the most pro-union president in American history, but you haven't endorsed him. What is it going to take for you to do that? Uh, our endorsements are going to be earned. We've been very clear about that, no matter what politician How it is. How does he earn it? Um, we expect action. We, we expect action, not words. And, and you know, this, this fight we're in right now, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, people are talking about them trying to interject themselves into, into our negotiations. You know, this, this negotiating, our negotiators are fighting hard. Our leadership's fighting hard. It's going to be one at the negotiating table with our negotiating teams, with our members manning the picket lines and our allies out there. Uh, who the president is now, yeah. who the former president was or, or the presidents before them isn't going to win this fight. This fight is all about one thing. It's about workers winning their fair share of economic justice in, okay. in, instead of being left behind as they have been in the last decades. I like the answer there with the endorsement has to be earned and it's about actions and not words. By the way, I think the union just turned down a $21,000 raise. 21%. Yeah. 21%, 21%, yes. How about that? So I think this is brilliant on the part of UAW President Sean Fain. I, I just think he's he's saying, look, uh, the, you know, show us the It's like Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Show, show, us, show, show me, me the, the money, money. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. And Trump is coming out saying all these EVs are going to cost jobs because they require less people to to assemble them mm-hmm. and trump has come out and said and i think he tw- uh, he posted on social media this morning or yesterday you know again saying i'm going to take care of the unions he wants that union vote the union vote is in play you're looking at what nearly 150,000 total members of the uaw mm-hmm. and whether you whether you agree or disagree with the, the uaw president i i think this is I think this is a brilliant strategy. I do too. You know, but to it's say also, earn, earn yeah. our votes. It's also scary to think about it, all of it in totality. All right, we're going to get rid of human beings, more automation, more artificial intelligence, uh, cashless society. Like it, it's kind of scary to think about all of that when what they when you know what the goal is. You know, twenty, thirty, forty years down the road. Uh, by the way, just a correction. Duffy says twenty one percent over four years. Nick. Oh, okay. So yeah, it doesn't matter because they're saying. That, you know, the CEO's pay raise over the past four years has been 40, 40 percent. Oh, of course. And they're saying if you can do that for your C- big mm-hmm. big CEOs who are making a fortune yep. off of our backs, mm-hmm. what did they get? Six percent over the over the time period since like 2019, since their last contract. Yeah. And they're saying, nope, not good enough. Yeah, Six percent is not enough. Especially with inflation. Uh, in a shock to no one, on Sunday, Bernie Sanders uh, backs the UAW call for a four-day work week. Mm. To some of those bigger issues in a second, but first I want to ask you, the, this push uh, from the UAW for a four-day work week, is that a negotiating tactic, or do you see that as the future of labor in the U.S., a four-day work week? Well, I'll tell you what I think, and thanks for raising that question, Jake. Jake. We are looking at an explosion in this country of artificial intelligence and robotics. And that means that the average worker is he, going to... He sounds like Pop-Up. I know. Robotics. Look, look at his hair. Yeah. He just looks so unkept. Robotics. 
Robotics. Robotics. Thank you, Jake. Sorry, he continues. Be much more productive. Worker productivity is going to increase significantly. The question as a nation that we have got to ask ourselves is who is going to benefit from that increased productivity? Is all of that new income and wealth being created by worker productivity going to go to the people on top or are workers going to benefit? So right now, in my view, I happen to believe that as a nation, we should begin a serious discussion, and the UAW is doing that, about substantially lowering the work week. People in America are stressed out for a dozen different reasons. And that's one of the reasons why life expectancy in our country is actually in decline. People are overwhelmed. They've got to take care of their kids. They've got to worry about health care. They've got to worry about housing. They're worried. It seems to me that if new technology is going to make us a more productive society, the benefits should go to the workers. And it would be an extraordinary thing to see people have more time to be able to spend uh, with their kids, with their families, to be able to do more in cultural activities, get a better education. So the idea of using, making sure that artificial intelligence robotics benefits us all, just not the people on top, is something absolutely we need to be discussing. Thank you, Jake. Speaking of robotics, I talk robotically. By the way, I just had an epiphany. Could you imagine Bernie Sanders being interviewed by Merrill Reese? That's a good one. Bernie Sanders joins us here on the Eagles Radio Network. Bernie, your thoughts on capitalism? Well, I gotta tell you, Jake. God, I wonder if. Uh... But the, I tell you what, the four-day work—we're talking about it more and more. We hear the stories, so we, we, we give you the headlines. You're hearing the audio. So they want to be paid more and work less. That's the American dream, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm so surprised that I, I'm. I, the thing that blows me away is that the employers are seemingly the ones that seem to be open to this. Where it's like, my, my biggest concern if I'm an employer is, okay, if productivity remains the same and the profits remain the same, that's great. But I'm not doing it at the expense of me losing out on my bottom line. You figure out your own issues at home. Yeah. It's not my fault. You can't balance out your work and your family life. That's a you problem. Oh, Imagine if I came to the stocker and I said, like, you know, can we do four days a week? I got a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. I just, you know. Oh, sure, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to well, take 20% of your salary away, but absolutely. Uh, well, you do, and the answer is no. <laughs> but my question, are they looking at 10-hour shifts for well, that, four days? That or was just my flexibility. In the name of negotiating and countering, that would be my, okay. Then you're going to, instead of four, instead of five, eight hour days, you're doing four, which I think a lot of people would actually sign up for. Four tens or twelves. Four tens. Because a lot of people are doing that anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, for those that aren't, though, like, I know, was it, I think firefighters go a couple of days on long stretches and then they get off three or four days. Like, because they work a 24 hour shift, though. Right. right? True. At the firehouse all day. Yeah. And night. Um, one more, and then we'll break. Uh, have you guys been following this? Uh, 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 Russell Brand has yeah, been accused no. of rape and Four. grooming, and he denies it. All kinds. Of, well, that's where I'm. That's where I'm going here. Um, so I think it was the Times of London, one of those British tabloids, that broke this story over the weekend, where basically said during the height of his fame, from like you know the 06 to 12 period. Uh, right after he broke up with uh, Katy Perry, 
Um, apparently there were 16 year old girls and ones that were, you know, some that have spoken on the record, by the way, just so everybody knows out there, the age of consent in the UK is 16. So it's not like it's, I mean, there's many reasons why this is creepy if it's true. Um, uh, but it's not illegal in, uh, the UK. Uh, Russell Brand took to, uh, rumble over the weekend and, uh, said this, this is cut 12. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff, like uh, my community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of, and we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you, you're getting too close to the truth, Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles, Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist, Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know, for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me, like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I mean my voice along with your voice. Great, great voice, great accent, by the way. That's how he gets the ladies he does over the course of his life. Funny you bring this up. My, uh, me and my, um, my, my uh, wife's uh, Uncle Jim were talking yesterday via text message, and he's the crazy Uncle Jim that I've told you about that's part Bernie Sanders, part Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's you know despised by both sides of the family. Which evenly. is basically what Russell Brand is, by the that way. That is correct. Yeah. And he consumes this guy's content, and he said this to me in a text yesterday about Russell Brand. He says, this is the deep state playbook. You play ball with them like Clinton or helping the CIA and George Bush with a drug smuggling operation, he becomes president. Or you challenge and you wind up in prison, dead or in exile, and then lambasted by the media. He is in camp number two, which I agree with that. I mean, I don't know if these are true or not. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, he's, but he's he, apparently been with 10,000 women. He's yeah, he's pointed it out and it's been in his books that he was um, he was a bit uh, promiscuous, he's been, he's been a bit promiscuous is what he said. So, yes. um, uh, I don't know. You know, these are all just allegations. And um, Russell, have you ever felt up another individual at a movie theater? <laughs> just saying, there's a lot of news that happened this weekend, and yeah. a lot of these UK publications breaking a lot of these stories. Very much. Yeah. All right, nine forty-five. That'll do it for what's on the cut sheet, part two. Coming up next, our keyword of the day: your chance to go to Walt Disney World as we continue on Kale and Company. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. 
and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, we're leading you right to the Dawn Show coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. We put a, uh, a bow on a Monday show. Time for our Disney keyword. We do it each and every day in the month of September at 9.50 here on Kale and Company. And the keyword this morning is theme. T-H-E-M-E. Theme. So take theme as your keyword. Go to 1210WPHT.com. Enter that keyword for your chance at a Disney World vacation. Again, the keyword is theme. T-H-E-M-E. So you take that to 1210WPHT.com and you can also... Get merch too that, while you're That there. is correct. Right? Merch. That's merch. 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 Yes. Speaking of merch, the Dawn Show is coming up. Uh, that merch will be available shortly as well. But the show's seven minutes out, and we find out what's on tap. There is so much breaking and developing this morning. So, of course, we're going to update all of that. Hunter Biden news, economic news. Uh, we've got Tom Nichols on tap. He's going to be in the 11 a.m. hour just talking about... Um, oh, his latest piece in Broaden Liberty, Talent Not Race, should determine who creates public art in Philadelphia. Mm. So Tom will take us beyond the kind of a DEI angle to the store. Excuse me. He's at uh, 1030. Okay. And then Dean Classy, Clancy coming up at 11. So he's the senior policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity. And talk about health care in the United States. He's a specialist in U.S. health care, tax, budget, economic news. Because we do have a lot in the in the headlines uh, right now with economic news this morning, the Fed raising rate and and all the impact on us and your investments as well. Okay, a lot developing though. Sounds good. Dawn show in just about six minutes as we wrap up a Monday with who on Twitter today? Who on Twitter? Who on Twitter? Sponsored by American Heritage Credit Union. By the way, if you're watching right now on YouTube, uh, we're like 40 likes away from 200. So please hit the like button so we can get to 200 likes, please. But do it before the show ends. Two, no, so stop. The number to make him crazy. Stop. I'm going to give it to our buddy Road Warrior for uh, Twitter today. He says, pick for VP. Y'all keep forgetting the one non-candidate that that's that has more in common with Trump than the rest of the field. Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. Oh. Two populists that the establishment hates. Yeah. So uh, I would agree with uh, I would agree with Road Warrior on that. He, I think she would be a great choice for Trump. American Heritage Credit Union is the place for first time home buyers with in house realtors and a five hundred dollar lender credit for new homeowners. Visit AmericanHeritageCU.org slash FTH for details. Loan subject to credit approval, insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender, and MLS four three three eight three eight. All right, that'll do it for us here on a Monday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show's coming up next. We're back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then. I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.